The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A man realizes that the alien encounter doesn't always end when the spaceship leaves. And then we take a look at one of the hottest conspiracy theories going around right now. Is super nerd Bill Gates secretly plotting to take over the planet today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Over the weekend, I finished watching Wizards of Waverly Place. I had never really seen how the show ended. Very well done. Interesting sitcom because you kind of have to watch it in a linear order. If you've never watched Wizards of Waverly Place, I don't know how well it would translate now. It's actually really funny, and it's at magic and witchcraft, and it's an interesting. I recommend checking it out. If, you, if you've watched it before, recheck it out. It's a lighthearted show for these times that we're in. And I started watching a show on Hulu called Freakish, and so far, so good. It's a serious zombie television show. I'm really tired of zombie comedies. It's really hard nowadays to find a straight zombie show, and even harder to find a well-done one, and even harder to find a television show. I mean, you have, like, The Walking Dead spinoffs and um, the one on Netflix. I can't even remember the name, the one on Sci-Fi Channel. But anyway, so I'm watching Freakish right now. Now, while I'm watching Freakish, we have people doing important work, like Alexander Nestico. Alexander Nestico is our newest... Patreon supporter, while I'm sitting down watching Alex Russo trying to win the wizard competition, no spoilers, he's out doing the Lord's work by supporting me via Patreon and actually probably doing more productive things in life. Thank you so much, Alexander. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just go ahead, get the word out about the show. That helps out a lot. Alexander, we're going to give you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are headed out to China for this first story. The year is 1994. I got this from that Think About It Docs.com website I love so much. Hop in the Carpenter Copter, we're leaving behind Waverly Place. Bye, Alex. Bye. Uh, who are the rest of the dudes? Doesn't matter. Has nothing to do with the plot of this episode. Bye, Max. Bye. Um, I don't remember the last guy's name. But anyways, we're flying away. We're landing near Harbin, China. It's nighttime. It's June 1994. So there are these guys. One of them, we know the name of. Mong Zhao Gu. I'm sure I'm terribly mispronouncing that. Mong Zhao Gu. And then there's two other dudes working at a tree farm. I don't know what a a tree farm... It's The the trees and the little trees are hanging off of them. Ah. mm, Tastes like pine. What's a tree farm? I know Christmas tree farms, but apparently they just harvest trees. It's not lumber industry over there. It's just tree farms. They're working at a tree farm near Mount Phoenix in China. Now, they see a strange light up on the mountain. So, um, Mong, Mong, and the other two dudes were like, hey, let's go check that out. Any, any reason to stop working at the tree farm? They're like, we don't even know what we grow here. It's just a forest. That's where all they send all the idiots in town. They're like, uh, your job's at the, uh, 
tree farm? And they're, oh, yeah, great. And they're like, it'll only be a 30, 40 more years until the harvest. And they're just standing looking at trees. The three guys go up in the mountains to find the little... This is interesting. When they get up there, they see a UFO, but it's not the traditional saucer or cigar-shaped or, you know, anything. It was a ball with a scorpion tail attached to it. What? Who's That is a sick spaceship, dude. All the nerds are flying around in their flying saucers. And some dude is like a hot rod, like a 1950s grease lightning UFO. It's just a ball with a scorpion tail. That's dope. You're all stinging the other ships. They're like, ah, we need perfect balance for us to be able to traverse the cosmos. You're like dipping them. They're ending up in prehistoric times. Anyways, they're looking at this really cool, rattle-looking spaceship sitting there with the scorpion tail. And they keep trying to get close to it, because that's what you're going... That's what you do when you see an unidentified flying object with a scorpion tail, right? You want to get close to it. So these guys, they keep trying to get close to it, but every time they start to, they hear a super high-pitched noise. Ah, my ears! Ah! Can't do it. They end up leaving because of, I mean, I, and which is funny because on the one hand, you think like you would stay, you'd be like, that's dumb tree farm or not like that. That's going to keep growing down there. I don't have to get back to work. I'm just going to stand here. But if you don't have a camera, let's say you're in the middle of the woods, you come across the glowing orb with the scorpion tail. You can't get close to it. Otherwise, your eardrums explode. You have no camera, no nothing. How long would you stand there? And that's an interesting question because I think instinctually, we would say, oh, we would just keep standing there. But at the same time, two hours later, it's just like, it's just glowing there. It looks cool. But eventually, you're going to be like, this this is boring, (laughs) right? Nothing's happening. It's just sitting there. So after a point in time, you would go home. The next day, though, Mong and his buddies return. And this time, it's still sitting there. They're like, I'm glad I didn't wait here all night. Ugh, I would have been super boring. I didn't even bring a book. They're reading communion. They're like super scared. This time, though, they didn't get super close to it. They get close enough. Mong breaks out his binoculars, and he's looking at the thing, and the little uh, shuttle, little door opens up. And there's a dude. He doesn't describe what the alien looks like. But there's a dude, walks down, he's standing next to the spacecraft. And then... Something shoots like a blue beam, appears out of the spacecraft, hits Mong in the head, passes out. Next thing he knows, he's on a train. Tickets, please. People eating. Mm, This is delicious food. And uh, Mong wakes up. What? I'm on a train? And he's being taken to the hospital via train. Because they're in the middle of nowhere. It's a tree farm, right? That's You know you're in the middle of nowhere where they're like, you have to get on a train to go to a hospital. Ambulances are like, ugh, no, well, we're not driving out there. You know how much gas. Actually, it'd probably be a thing. The ambulance would run out of gas before it got to you. Middle of nowhere. So anyways, he wakes up on a train. Now, there's two. This story basically has two scary endings, right? This was reported in Fate Magazine, their September 1997 issue. Has two scary endings. One, Mong wakes up and he's being treated because he fainted and they don't know what's wrong with him. Now, the people who get him medical attention, they had seen it as well. So it's not like they just found him in the middle of nowhere, right? They're like, yeah, he was looking at this UFO through binoculars. Next thing we know, he passes out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to call an ambulance. He doesn't just have low blood sugar, which you should also call an ambulance or a trainulance for low blood sugar. But anyways, we're all on this train now. And 
Mong wakes up. Medical personnel is like, oh, are you okay? You okay? Actually, I don't think the medical personnel was on the train. I think the train was taking him to the hospital. It didn't just happen to be a train full of doctors. He wakes up. That's even scarier because then he definitely is not getting any help. He wakes up. Just normal people are around him. (gasps) Where's the doctors? I just had this fever dream. I was surrounded by doctors. They're like, no, no. Calm down, Mong. What happens is he wakes up. (laughs) Let's get to the actual story here. He does wake up. And... There, his buddies are talking to him, but right past where his buddies were, he sees a terrifying-looking female alien <laughs> standing in the train. <laughs> and he freaks out, oh my god, oh my god. Everyone turns around. It's empty. There's nothing there, Mong. There's nothing there. No, I saw her. She was this hideous... Uh, Scary-looking alien. It was a girl, too. I just have to add that in. Because it makes it scarier. There's nothing there, Mong. You're just having a flashback. Ah. He then begins to see, corner of his eye, down a dark hallway, standing right behind you, a terrifying, horrible-looking alien. Ah! Haunting him. Now, that's creepy, right? Right? Just the idea of, one, like getting shot with an alien laser beam, whatever. That happens a lot in UFOlogy, and they usually just go, oh, they get up and the UFO's gone. It could be a skeptic could go, someone had a seizure, and the brain worked backwards. So you basically had a seizure, and then your brain recreated the series of events before you fell down. So you fall down, you have a seizure, you fall down, and then your brain remembers an alien shooting you with a beam. Creates the whole thing to kind of give it some sort of sense, or it's just like dreams. They're firing neurons. That's that's a skeptical outlook on all this stuff. The other two dudes, they weren't having seizures. Everyone saw the scorpion-shaped ship. But anyways, that's creepy. The fact that now it's almost like a ghost. It's like a grudge or a Samara, where you, he's sitting there eating soup on a train, his hands shaking spoon soups going everywhere the people are next to him are all moving they're like trauma or not you're a mess and then seeing peeking above the seat a he described it as a quote scary looking female alien i'm turning it into basically one of the ghosts from 13 ghosts it's like but whatever the fact is is that scary looking is scary looking And this thing followed him around for who knows how long. Now, that's scary because, again, we're a social species. And it's not just meaning we want to talk to people and hug each other and, like, hold hands. We know as a species we're fairly weak. We're the smartest species. As far as we know, we're the smartest species in the galaxy. We're definitely the smartest on this planet or in this solar system. But we're physically weak for the most part. Like, lions and bears and stuff like that. Uh, a giant sloth, those things can all wreck us. So part of being a social species, we band together for protection. So when you, that's why stories where people are isolated are kind of scary. You know, a woman trapped in a uh, apartment all by herself. And that's basically, (laughs) that's basically everybody right now. But you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to have a person in peril. It's another thing, and that's scary enough, but If you're in a group of people and nobody else can perceive the threat, that's even scarier to us. That is a scarier image. So the fact that he's on a train full of people, but only he can see the threat, only he can see the terrifying image of this female alien. 
which I personally imagine horribly hideous monstrous face the body of Kate Upton. That's just my impression of this. And then just very, very curvy, voluptuous woman. But your mileage may vary on that. You you might want to make the whole body spooky, whatever. But whatever, the threat's there and only he can realize it. The other scary thing, so that's a scary thing, because we don't know how long it went on for. Even if it only went on for five minutes, it's still terrifying. But I think another scary thing about this story, though, I said there was two scary things, is that if this story took place in the United States in 1994, it would probably be, maybe he'd be on Jenny Jones talking about it. Maybe he would, that's an old, that's an old talk show. Old talk show. Um, that was a talk show that actually got canceled because Jenny Jones did this thing where it was like, your secret crush, Read this is 100% real. Jenny Jones was a super famous talk show host. She had this episode where she, and I don't think they ever aired it. Talk about lost media. I don't believe they ever aired it, but they might have. They had this special, she had this show on, it was like a Dr. Phil, not even Dr. Phil, it was like a, um, anyway, it was a a daytime talk show, right? And they're always looking for gimmicks and stuff like that. She said, um, meet your secret crush. So they invite this guy onto the show, daytime television, invite this guy onto the show. 1990s as well. I don't know if it, I don't think it would fly that well today either, but invites this guy on her show. And then they're like, you have a secret admirer. And the audience is like, ooh. And then Jenny Jim goes, let's bring your secret admirer out. And then the side door opens up and the secret admirer comes out and it's his neighbor, his male neighbor. And the neighbor was gay and was like, I have a crush on you. Audience, And the dude, like maybe like a couple weeks after that was filmed, walked over to his neighbor's house and shot him to death, murdered him. So I don't know if they ever aired that episode. I don't think he, I don't think the guy who did it, I don't think the murderer was like, oh, that was embarrassing. I'm just going to wait until they air it and then commit a murder. I'm pretty sure he murdered him and they never aired the episode. I'll, I'll see if I can double check that, put that in show notes. But what am I, oh yeah, yeah. So anyways, so if you saw an alien in America in the 90s, he'd be in the new, maybe local newspaper, maybe. Like, you know, in China, and we talked about this in the Soviet Union, they had a big, Basically, if you saw UFOs in the Soviet Union, you did not report them because the KGB would come and quote unquote question you, which generally involved you being dragged into a dark room. China, pretty much the same thing. So the fact that this guy, this this poor tree harvester, saw a UFO, had this really close encounter, they close enough to hear it, and they were being like repelled by some sort of weapon. Then he's attacked by one, and now he's still in contact. He's still able to see this female alien. That dude's in a dungeon somewhere. I mean, that it would be the difference between reporting a UFO if you were in the middle of Kansas versus reporting a UFO if you were in the middle of Kansas circa 1600s. One of them are going to be like, oh, he saw a UFO. That's interesting. The other side, they're going to burn you as a witch. So you you may you, depending on where you're at and what time period you're in, you may not want to go around telling people you saw a really cool scorpion shaped UFO. But anyways, so two scary Indians, one haunted by a female ghost alien, however you want to call it, I call it ghost, and then two basically probably disappeared somewhere <laughs> into. So maybe he was eventually released. But imagine if you thought being trapped on a train with a distorted-looking, horrible female alien from the head up. Imagine being stuck in a dark cell with one in some sort of government facility underneath the mountain. Although now that I say that, if just her face is horrifying and it's pitch black, 
I'm down. I can do that. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. But Alexander, let's fire up that carpenter copter. We're leaving. Let's rescue Mong from prison, actually, first. I'm going to use my massive strength. That was me ripping the bars off the cell wall. All of you are free. Leave. They're like, yeah, yeah. And Alexander puts his hand on my shoulder and goes, Jason. It was the wrong prison, dude. That was the prison of the cannibals. I'm like, oh no! Go to the other... Don't rescue... Don't stop those guys. Those guys invaded town. Go to the other prison. You're free! And then Mong escapes. We're hopping on the carpenter copter. Alexander, fire up that whirly bird. I just recorded a 40-minute segment on whether or not... (laughs) On whether or not Bill Gates is the Antichrist. You know, it's fine. I'm not gonna air it. It's so dense. It's so... Dense. Let me go over the points real quick because I know I'm going to get emails about this for the next month. That way, at least I can say I addressed it. I'm going to go over this as quickly as I can. We'll move on to the next story. Basically, Bill Gates is having the worst month I've ever seen a celebrity have since O.J. Simpson. It all started back in 2016. There was a website called Your Newswire. I think they're changed to like News Punch or News Max or News Need of the Groin or something like that. Anyways, they ran a headline, Bill Gates admits, quote, vaccines are best way to depopulate because Bill Gates said that using vaccines can actually help uh, reduce population growth. And so the anti-vax movement really took that and said, oh, he's using the vaccines to sterilize kids in Africa or the vaccines are killing people, giving people autism, all that stuff. And that was, he was basically, I didn't know this, he was an enemy of the anti-vaxxers for a long time. I'm not a fan of Bill Gates. I don't hate him. He's just kind of one of those figures that I'm aware exists. I don't really pay much attention to him. What happened was, and and he said, because someone asked him to clarify that comment, and back in 2011, he said that to CNN, and later he was doing an interview with Forbes, and he said, and this kind of makes sense, if you vaccinate kids, less kids die, so families have less kids. If you have eight, basically you'll have eight kids in your family to work the land, because you're going to lose three to five of them. But if you know your kids are going to live, you're only going to have four kids. People don't want to have big families. They have big families so they can work the land. You don't know who's going to die. So that was the logic behind that. But anyways, the anti-vaxxer said he was trying to sterilize everyone. I'm going to go over these next ones as quickly as I can. It's so bizarre. Again, original version, 40 minutes long. Here we go. Coronavirus hits. Everyone gets locked inside their house. Giant molecules are walking down the street, punching people, crawling in their lungs, making them sick. Bill Gates comes out and does an AMA on the coronavirus. And I remember at the time thinking, okay, when's Hillary Duff's AMA on the coronavirus? Like, I don't I don't care what Bill Gates has to say about this. But I didn't know he had a, was doing a bunch of work in vaccines. So anyways, he does this. He says in the AMA that eventually they may have something like digital vaccination records. So you can tell who can go to work, who's had the disease, who hasn't. Conspiracy theory community, spearheaded by the anti-vax movement. Jumped all over this. First off, they pointed to a patent he held, his company held, for a quantum tattoo, which which sounds like the name of a really crappy band. But anyways, quantum tattoo is an uh, invisible tattoo that can only be seen with a QR reader on a phone. Lasts for five years. The theory was you'd give it to kids, and then by the time they're five, they should have all their records anyways. That's why it doesn't last that long. Conspiracy theorists go, Mark of the Beast. He's telling us to be able to work again to make money to buy and sell. We're going to have to have a mark on our hand that's invisible. Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast is something that the Antichrist uses in the Book of Revelation. And since the 70s, there's I, I've talked about this quite a lot on the show. Since the 70s, really, there's been a big push of what the Mark of the Beast could be. Was it a microchip? Uh, was it a 
barcode. Now it's a QR code. Speaking of microchips, first off, the conspiracy theory was we'd get a tattoo on our hand to show that we've been vaccinated so we could go back to work. And then within a matter of days, it became, no, 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 because that's not sci-fi enough. See, that is possible. What happens is you have conspiracy theories that have a plausible answer, not even a skeptical answer, like have a plausible answer, and then some lunatic goes, give me that, and they run and they jump off a cliff. Pizzagate, a pedophile code hidden in the Podesta emails. There's definitely a code hidden in the Podesta emails. What it refers to? Does it refer to pedophilia? That's your leap of logic. It looks like it does, honestly. The grabbing it and running and jumping off the cliff is Hillary Clinton eats babies. Like that is a such a bizarre leap of logic. There's a code in these emails. Could refer to drug smuggling. Could refer to money laundering. Could refer to pedophilia. You know, that would be the grossest answer, right? Anyways, someone goes, yeah, Bill Gates has this thing for this digital tattoo that we could all get. No, he's going to microchip us. Ah! I've had people email me and comment on my videos that we're getting microchipped by Bill Gates vaccine. So it, people make that leap of logic super fast. But anyway, so there's that thing. So basically, first he's getting tied into depopulating the planet via vaccines. Then he's being tied into creating the mark of the beast. A couple weeks after that, Roger Stone, political operative, knows the ins and outs and the dark corridors all over Washington, D.C. He's doing an interview with Joe Piscopo on the radio, and he accuses... Well, to be fair, he does the does the thing where he's saying, well, I'm not saying he said it, but somebody is. He's making the claim that friends of his believe that Bill Gates either engineered the virus himself or he's spreading the virus. And the thing is, Roger Stone basically goes back and says... Quote, he and other globalists are using it for mandatory vaccinations and microchipping. So we get back into this idea of Mark of the Beast having this thing, government control and stuff like that. Okay, so now you have high lift. First off, you have people on the internet being like, but you're going to get the microchip if you get the needle in your arm, which is which is Battlestar Galactica level technology. Digital tattoo, the, the patent for that exists. That can be done. I don't know why conspiracy theorists feel the need to go to the most extreme thing all the time. And we get to that later on. So... Basically, within a month, he goes from talking about we should need digital vaccination records, which would never fly in the United States. You're never going to have a point where for me to leave my house to go shopping, I have to show someone my papers. That's just not going to fly. But anyways, we have a hard enough time having people show their ID when they go to apply for a job. There's still people complain about that, like that you need to show proof that you are a U.S. citizen. People still complain about that let alone me going to Walmart and having to show my birth certificate or hold my hand out so they can scan it. It's not going to happen. Not in the United States, at least. I can't say, you know, Britain has a very weird police state apparatus over there. But anyways, then, speaking of Pizzagate, speaking of the Podesta emails, I mean, the worst month possible. So then Microsoft, out of all the possible options for celebrities to hire to advertise a product, they get Marina Abramovich, who is the artist behind the spirit cooking. She was specifically mentioned in the Podesta emails. She has been a target of conspiracy theorists for a long, long time. She says, listen, I'm just a performance artist and, and art. We do all sorts of stuff. I Yes, I have this weird imagery in it, but I am not a saint worshiper. I'm not a saint worshiper. I do use this imagery, and if you read my memoirs, you would understand. It comes from a place of spirituality. I'm not a saint worshiper. Other people say that's 100% saint worshiping. She is possibly this black dude that was in the background of one of her photos was found 
dead in the desert with his eyeballs pecked out. Like some people, again, that's a leap of logic. You could argue, well, I just think that's distasteful art. And I think you're using this imagery of cannibalism and this imagery of dark stuff. And I don't like it. I don't like that type of art. That's a plausible thing to say. It's another thing to say, oh, here's a picture of a black guy. And here's a picture of another black guy. But that guy got his eyeballs ripped out. Therefore, it's the same dude. The leaps of law, it's always these leaps of logic. But anyways, so Microsoft gets this woman who, that a good percentage of the population, I'd say maybe 10, 15%, believes she is a Satan-worshipping witch who's high-connected. And she is hangs out with celebrities and all this stuff. She's like 73 years old, super successful artist. They get her to do an ad for one of their products. And the ad is almost immediately taken down. I think it got like 25,000 downvotes in the first day or two. Like immediately dropped. Immediately dropped. It was this ad campaign for this new thing called the HoloLens 2. It's augmented reality. It's mixed reality. So you can kind of see. But then Marina Abramovich would kind of walk around in your living room. Which, (laughs) I mean, dude. Seriously, just the timing of it was so bad. But the conspiracy theorists say, no, it's supposed to be Easter weekend. So he's embracing his satanic roots and all this stuff. Whatever. I don't know, right? That's the thing that I have to say about this stuff. I don't know if Bill Gates is some dark occult lord. I hope he's not, right? But there's just stumble after stumble after stumble. And then this all culminated in probably about the past 48 hours. This is really where this topped out at. Man, this version's going way quicker than the 40-minute version. This was found, I think, about a day or two ago. There was a patent. Patent is W0-2020. Zero, no, this is, this is true. This is real. W0-2020-060606. So basically, patent 666. Other people have said WO stands for World Order. 2020 is obviously the year, but what's weird is that the patent went, was submitted back in 2019, so I guess it's when it gets approved, or maybe it, the 2020 is just a coincidence. But anyway, 060606 is what everyone's dialing in on. 666, obviously. This is weird. This is weird. But again, a conspiracy theorist, give me that and run and jump off a cliff with it. It is a real patent. So, and I don't know a lot about Bitcoin mining. So, but basically, Bitcoin, virtual currency. You have a computer. You basically, they have to have a other to make it so there's no inflation. They have to have a fixed amount of it. But they also have this weird thing where you mine it to like earn it. So it still gives it a little bit like how you have to mine gold. You have computers that are constantly running computations. You can buy all these high-end graphic cards. You're constantly running computations. And you're doing all this math work, and then you're rewarded with tiny, tiny bits of Bitcoin. Like you're mining, like you were mining gold nuggets. Patent W0-2020-060606 is to turn the human body into a bit-mining computer. So every movement of your head, every brain wave, every drop of sweat coming out of your pores. This is real. I don't know how feasible it is, but the patent is real. You'd basically be able to turn your body into... They said the human body, all of the stuff doing it is far more complex than the computer running the thing, running the bit mining thing. The body's constantly doing something, whether it's releasing gas or tensing a muscle or something like that. Turn the human body into a Bitcoin mining machine. Links in the show notes. You guys who are more technically savvy can go look at that. But anyways, we got that. So that's weird, right? 666, the human body is related to currency. That was always the thing in the Bible. The, even the, the number of the beast, the 666, that's up for debate. Everything is up for debate in the book of Revelation. But anyways, 
you're, you're linking the human body to currency and stuff like that. That's fascinating, again, enough that someone would, one, figure that out, two, the quote-unquote coincidence that it's patent number 060606. But then, as people are discussing what this is, someone puts forth, oh my god, what they'll do is they'll just take people and trap them in boxes and torture them. And they'll torture them and it will just make their body constantly do computation to mine bitcoins. Oh my god, the world is so evil. What? No, within the same thread where people are talking about this, the most insane version of the... That wasn't in the patent. The patent didn't show a dude locked in a box like banging on it as like guys were poking him. You could be sleeping and your body's running these things. Walking down the street, your body's running these things. Blinking, your body's running all these computations. Little mechanism either attached to you, inside you, however it reads you. Immediately gets turned into, oh my god, the New World Order wants to lock us all in boxes and torture us 24-7 to mine Bitcoin. That's what fascinates me about these conspiracy theories, is how quickly they morph. How quickly they change. Within one month, Bill Gates went from being someone who's not even on my radar to now, he'll, he'll never return to normal. He From now on, he's a George Soros-level threat to the conspiracy community. He'll never be able to backtrack. Which, I mean, he could be like, I don't care, I'm going to go Scrooge McDuck swim in my money. But, it's I mean, within a month, he went from being a guy that I was, again, vaguely aware of. If I saw him in an airport, I might not even tell anybody that I saw Bill Gates at the airport. To somebody who is just constantly is popping up in, in this stuff. And a conspiracy theorist would say he's constantly popping up in the stuff because he's actually doing these things. I just think he's had a really bad month. Again, I don't know. I don't know. I think right now, a lot of people are, are tying a lot of this stuff into the occult. I think that the coronavirus has opened up a gateway, not a supernatural gateway, but there are a lot of people who are trying to figure out a way to make a lot of money off of this. And there are an equal amount of people who are trying to find out a way to consolidate their power because of this. People are using this opportunity to make money and consolidate power. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think Bill Gates is above that. I think just because he started off as a nerd doesn't make him any less power hungry than anybody else. Everybody wants to change the world in their vision, including you, including me. We just don't have the means to really do it. I mean, obviously, if I was the richest man in the world, I'd be doing stuff that I would be affecting the world in a way that I would want it to be. And I would find like-minded people who are just as powerful as me to figure out a way to go, this is the way we want the world to be. We want the world to be fit and healthy. We want the world to focus on fitness. So I would be funding groups that did that i'd be opening gyms i would be funding youth sports groups and adult sports groups and i would be with other people that celebrated that stuff and we would be pushing that that is basically and i think that is more likely not the fitness thing i mean i am a fan of fitness i think it's very very important to be fit especially in the wake of this uh, disease going around but you have that's what i've always thought i've never thought that there was one unique illuminati that controlled the world you instead have hundreds of smaller groups each trying to affect the world in their some way and sometimes they clash sometimes they work together but for the most part they're separate and and that's just that's just been my view on it where what am i this is why my episode was 40 minutes long 
That has so I think Bill Gates is trying to affect the world in the way that he sees fit. I don't necessarily think he's trying to depopulate the planet. I just think he's had a really, really bad month. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. But um, you know, there it would be much. There would be much easier ways for a guy who invented the most popular operating system in the history of the world to depopulate the planet. I.e trigger something in Windows so they all shut off at the exact same time. The economy would collapse like that. You'd have air traffic control towers that were using old copies of Windows 95. Everything shut... That's the way you depopulate the planet, right? I don't know why you'd have to invent something new when he already has a doomsday weapon built, and that's that every company uses... Most of them uses Windows. Some version of Windows. All those Windows servers shutting down at the same time. That would be the end of the world. There'd be no way to recover, because definitely, I can tell you this right now, you could have mutant, irradiated dogs chasing me down the street, asteroids flying down, and an alien dropship finally reaching Earth. I'm not using a Macintosh. you got to pull teeth to get me to sit down in front of a Mac. So if he really wanted to end the world, he could do it literally with the push of a button. But again, I'm so ambivalent towards Bill Gates. I find the conspiracy theories absolutely interesting. And he'll be on, I mean, like, I'll be aware of him probably more now because I'll see him pop up. But again, if I saw Bill Gates walking down the street, I probably wouldn't even mention it on my show. Unless I saw him walking down the street and then he kind of looks side to side and he didn't see anyone. I like hide in the bushes and then he pulls out a giant hypodermic needle and I see him walking towards your house and he like opens the window. Starts to crawl inside. Then I might mention it on my show. If I say, hey guys, did you wake up yesterday with a big red lump on your butt? Um, yes, Bill Gates just irradiated you. Sorry. I might, but I may just forget as well. So. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.